0: good morning this is lisa coming to you from the Ill, the edwin elder library and today we are on page 223 out of when god doesn't make sense dr james dobson this is a book summary type of thing or mostly a mind jogger as i'm reading sometimes it makes me think of things similar things or god may lay something on my heart that i want to include in my podcast so it's not just a uh, It's not just a book review. My next candidate for faithful immortality is a man I never met. Although he touched my life while he was losing his, I remembered about him. I learned about him from a docudrama on television that I saw many years ago. The producer had obtained permission from a cancer specialist to place cameras in this clinic. Then with approval from his patients, Two men and a woman he captured on film the moment each of them learned they were aff- afflicted with a maglu- malignancy malignancy in its later stages. Their initial shock, disbelief, and fear and anger were recorded in graphic detail. Afterwards the documentary the documentary team followed three families through the treatment process with its ups and downs, hopes and disappointments, pain and terror i sat riveted as the drama of life and death unfolded on the screen eventually all three patients died and the program ended without comment or editorial there was so much that should have been said what struck me were the different ways these people dealt with their frightening circumstances the two who apparently had no faith reacted with anger and bitterness they not only fought their disease but they seemed to be at war with everyone else their personal relationships and even their marriages were shaken especially as the end drew near. I'm not being critical, mind you. Most of us would respond in much the same manner of faced with imminent, imminent death. But that's not what made the third individual so inspiring to me. He was an humble black pastor of a small inner-city Baptist church. He was in his late 60s and had been a minister throughout his adult life. His love for the Lord was so profound that it was reflected in everything he said. When he and his wife were told he had only a few months to live, they revealed no panic. And they quietly asked the doctor what it all meant. When he had explained the treatment program and what they could anticipate, they politely thanked him for his concern and departed. The cameras followed this little couple to their old car and eavesdropped as they bowed, bowed their heads and recommitted themselves to the Lord. In the months that followed, the pastor never left us poise, nor was he glib about his illness. He was not in de- denial. He simply had come to terms with the cancer and its probable outcome. He knew the Lord was in control and he refused to be shaken in his faith. The cameras were present on his final Sunday in his church. He actually preached the sermon that morning and talked openly about his impending death. To the best of my recollection, this is what he said. Some of you have asked me if I'm mad at God for the disease that had taken over my body. I'll tell you honestly that I have nothing but love in my heart for my Lord. He didn't do this to me. We live in a sinful world where sickness and death are the curse man has brought on himself. And I'm going to a better place where there will be no more tears, no suffering, and no heartache, so don't feel bad for me. Besides, he continued, our Lord suffered and died for our sins. Why should I not share in his suffering? Then he began to sing without accompaniment in an old broken voice. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for me. How happy are the saints above who once went sorrowing here but now they taste unmingled love and joy without a tear they the consecrated cross i'll bear till death shall set me free and then go home my crown to wear for there's a crown for me i wept as this gentleman sang of his love for jesus he sounded very weak and his face was drawn from the ravages of the disease but his comments were as powerful as any i've ever heard his words that morning were hit the last from the pulpit as far as i know he slipped into eternity A few days later, where he met the Lord, he had served for a lifetime. This unnamed pastor and his wife have a prominent place among my spiritual heroes. You know, um, this is on page 226. You know, this reminds me of so many many things. And one of the things it reminds me of is my husband's passing. Um, You know, a year ago, he was very sick. Um, What he thought was his annual. It seemed like almost every year he got a seasonal cold, um, allergies, viral, viral, something viral. But this time it was like deep. It was a deeper cough and it just lingered and lingered and he was not getting better. And I remember him telling me, he said, Lisa, you're going to get mad. And I've been praying that God's not going to heal me. Then just go ahead and take me. COVID was very rampant around that time. In fact, after his death, I went Melanie insisted I go get tested, and I was tested positive for COVID. In fact, I didn't get to attend my husband's funeral. I mean, I did. I was at the funeral home, and I um, they put me in a different room. I was in a, I was segregated, and I got to watch it online. But that was it. I didn't get to be in the actual um, ceremony. I, I wrote a little little a few words of endearment. That my daughter Melanie read on my behalf since I couldn't be in there but it wasn't the same I didn't get to participate we didn't have to get to, our family didn't get to sing and just you know there's a lot of stuff and um I, I joked to the kids I said I was in timeout my husband was very against getting tested in fact um during his illness he went to a, a he went to fast pace and they wouldn't see. They had already reached our quota. They wouldn't see him. So the next day, he drove to Jackson, and he said he left me a message on my phone. He said, "Lisa, he says, um, he said they refused to see me. They want to give me a, um, a COVID test and apps I'm going to. I'm going to have to go to another place. He says. Because absolutely not. I've got that on a voicemail. I still got that voice recording from saying that. But he was so against it. But um, later in my prayers. Not that day, I mean probably a couple months ago. I was praying and God told me that he said he didn't die of COVID. Uh, my he may have had COVID. I because I tested positive. He might have, but that's not why he died. He didn't die from that. He died it was his time to go. It was my husband's time to go. He was praying, you know, he had all kinds of ailments. You heard me talk before about his knees, his back. He told me his back had been hurting. He'd been going to a chiropractor, said it wasn't helping. Um, he was overweight. He um, Just a bunch of different things. Just a lot of different health issues. And he died of cardiac arrest. He died of cardiac arrest. And um, it's just, um, just so many different, you know, it, uh, I'm not mad at him. Not at all. And I'm not mad at God. It doesn't seem to make sense. But yet it does make sense. You've heard me talking. Episode, um, you say, Lisa, you know, he... he he was he was ready to go. He was singing on his bed the, moor- the morning of his death. He was singing. He was having a lovely time with the Lord. In fact, I was laying in my bed in the other room, and I heard him, and I wanted to come in here. I'm like, no, I'll disturb him, and I didn't because I would have disturbed him. And it's like, oh, I wish I could have recorded that, but it's okay. I got to hear it. I got to hear it. And um, I don't remember what he was singing, but it was songs to the Lord, and it was just really beautiful. Beautiful songs. And um, I talked to my mom about my dad passing. My dad died of um, COVID pneumonia. And um, she said that he had been singing for a couple days before he died. He was singing a song about um, uh, For No Earthly Reason, a song that the uh, Collinsworth family sings. Uh, You know, it's like they knew, they knew it was their time to go. And they were, and they, they loved us. They didn't necessarily want to leave us, but they went to a place where there's no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. And, um, and it's just, it's just one of those things that we go through. Um, another one of my friends, uh, she posted on Facebook yesterday that her husband had been gone three years and that, you know, she just still misses him so much. And I I posted, I said, no, nobody prepares us for widowhood. It is a it is a new it is a new or it's a different kind of heartbreak, and she said, "You are so right. It definitely is a different kind of heartbreak. You know, <laughs> it, it is something." But we we are all looking for that blessed hope. Jesus is coming soon, and we have to be pointing others to the cross. Jesus did suffer and die to make a place for us to have salvation that we can have life, and that more abundantly and life everlasting you know this life is temporal we just see the here and now we just look in the mirror and see that our our bodies are changing that we're getting older and we may may not like it but you know we could still put a smile on our face we could still have the light and love of jesus in our life and to share it with others That's what's important. That's what's beautiful. There's a song we used to sing, something beautiful, something good. All of my confusion, Jesus understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. but he made something beautiful out of my life. And that's what our prayer, that's what our goal is. Let him make something beautiful out of us let him make something beautiful out of us when god doesn't make sense when life doesn't make sense when sometimes we don't make sense i i told my daughter and you guys heard me yesterday you know that um sometimes we want to we want a new beginning we want to start fresh we want to do something different and then we can't it's like the brakes come on it's like no this is who and what i am i'm gonna keep it real I got to keep my focus on the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. is what Brother T.F.T. He used to always say. Keep the main thing, the main thing. And that is pointing others to the cross. That is letting our lights shine for Jesus and making our lives, you know, make it of use and value that this podcast not be a whining, complaining session. I, I may not like the state of my life, this uh, I may not like widowhood, and I may yearn for my husband, but I've got him now more than I had when he was alive. And you, th- you that know me, know that's true. He was always working. He was always busy doing stuff. We very little um, had quality time together because it was all about work. And it was like it was just um, our schedules. He worked nights. I worked in the day, um, with my childcare, younger, this is the past few years, but even younger life, I worked on a job, you know, I worked as a secretary at uh, Christian Life Academy, interpreted at the colleges, um, different jobs, you know, and stuff that I had was during the day, and he slept in the, uh, in the evening, so when I was done with work, and he was asleep, so I started going to bed early, too, I started going to bed early, and then, um, uh, trying to make my schedule more like his, so, um, when he'd get up to go to work, you know, I'd be awake to tell him goodbye. And when he'd come home, I'd be awake. And, um, you know, I tried to have a special time at 1115 every day. I tried to make it so we could eat together, have one meal together. You know, some of you, you who get to make breakfast, lunch, and supper for your husbands, are at least a couple meals a day. You're very blessed. You get to crawl in bed beside him at night. You're very blessed. You know... All all those things that we take for granted when we say I do, <laughs> when we say I do, you thought you say a life of togetherness. Well, it's not true. It's not true. Schedules, work. But if you have a husband that fears God, loves God, loves you, and that, a husband that works, you are blessed. And that's what I heard. I heard my preacher say that the other day. Brother uh, Nathaniel Urshan said that. You know that's true that's what a husband's job is to provide for his family and it, it, when you get married that that day of romance and you go on your honeymoon when you come back he's got to go to work life is not a continual honeymoon but i was looking forward to the day of retirement i got to see my mom and dad be together um 24 7 365 for like the last 10 years of my dad's life and um <laughs> yeah i got on my mom's nerves sometimes. Because it's like oh, uh, you know too much there's no there's like no compromise but um yeah she misses him too we all miss my dad as well but anyway let's um just keep pointing others to the cross and know when life is hard we just cast our burdens to the lord take it to the cross take it to the lord and leave it there god is good you have a great day bye-bye